Luke 22, verse 7 through 13. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto him, behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall be a man meet you. There shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the good man of the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished there make ready. And they went, and as, as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Uh, let us pray. Father, thank you so much for the great privilege and honor to be here with this dear pastor and his wife and daughter and this dear family of believers at Reedy Branch Baptist Church. God, today I ask you please, Lord, to forgive me of my many sins and shortcomings. Forgive these, my brothers and sisters, of their many sins and shortcomings. God, that there be nothing here to hinder us, Lord. Oh, blessed Holy Spirit, grant liberty and freedom in this place. Thank you for what our hearts have already felt, what our eyes have already seen, what our ears have already heard. Thank you for the anointed singing of these, this great group, the Tylers. Oh, Father, move our hearts now. Anoint us. Grant us that holy unction from on high. Place your words upon our lips, your thoughts upon our heart. And God, refresh us with thy word. For it is in Jesus' lovely and precious holy name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning you might have gathered when I was reading the text where I was coming from, verse 10, very familiar thought, uh, very familiar thought in this scripture. Uh, in verse 10, uh, I'll read again. Uh, and he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water, follow him into the house where he entereth in. I'd like to speak to you this morning on a simple thought on this pastor appreciation of follow the man with the water. Follow the man with the water. It is the final week of our Lord's ministry and earthly life. All things must be done in order and under the divine direction and plan of God. The instructions and directives of our Lord were being spelled out to his disciples at this time. Th this morning, we examine an incident that seems rather routine and small compared to all the other events that take place that week of Jesus' life. But they are there, they are in, they are there for, uh, for instruction for the growth and development of these disciples and the early church. Jesus knew just in a little while he'd be gone. He knew in a little while he'd be departed back to the Father. Just in a little while these disciples would be without him for the first time in over three years. And what lay before these men was a very taunt task, the very overwhelming task of developing and starting the early church. 
Jesus had to get these men. It's almost like a crash course in walking by faith 101. As these men are instructed by the Lord to go to, to the city and, and, and they'll, by there they'll meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. And there they are to listen to him and let him be their guide. As this instruction was fundamental for the growth and development of the disciples in the early church, I believe that this scripture and these instructions are, are important for, for our hour and for our day, for instructions for our day for the church that still apply to the 21st century church that's living in the midst of a pandemic living in the midst of adjustment for the church day in and day out, that I, I still believe that God is telling the church today to follow the man with the water. <laughs> follow the man with the water. First, I want you to consider with me this morning this thought of following or follow the man with the water. First, consider the picture that's foreshadowed. The picture that's foreshadowed. Uh, using a holy imagination that Warren Wisby often tells us to do as preachers, uh, he, we see in verse 10 that the man was no doubt a bondservant. So as you look at this man, he's there, and no doubt it's very unusual that a man carries water. And, and that day, in that day, only the women carried the water. Very unusual that a man would be carrying water in the first place. But so I want you to see that no doubt this man was a bondservant, which is a portrait of a pastor. <laughs> if there's a, such a person on the face of this earth that is truly a bondservant to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is a pastor. So I want you to also see and consider this morning the picture of the foreshadowing. Not only is this man a, a portrait, uh, a wonderful portrait of a pastor, but also I want you to see the water often in Scripture is normally represented by the Word. You can see the water in Scripture and you'll see the Word in Scripture. They often often represented one another. The water represents the Word of God. So what we have here is a bondservant, if you will, and in picture and portrait, a pastor bearing the word of God. <laughs> and last but not least, we had the disciples, Peter and John. They represent the people of God, a church. The instruction by Jesus Christ was pretty simple. You'll go into the city today. And as you go there, you're going to go and when, if someone will meet you there, it'll be a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow ye him and he'll lead you to the place for the Passover. I want you to see that there's a good reason to ask a question here. Why should we follow the man with the water? Why is it so important in that day and in this day that we still follow the man with the water, bearing the word of God? Well, church, I can tell you without doubt that you and I would not be here today had not been somebody brought the word of God to us. At some time in our life, in our past life, we would not be here today if the word of God had not been brought to us and we had not heard and, and heeded the word of God. I cannot even begin to explain to you the importance this morning of the blessed, holy, precious word of God. There is nothing more precious on the face of the earth that we can hold in our hands than God's blessing book. It is a wonderful book. It is a blessed book. It is an anointed book. It is a book without error, without fault, without failure. It is based upon the heart and mind and soul of Almighty God. It is the very instruction of a holy, thrice holy God who gives instruction to men, guidance to men, uh, uh, 
helps men to understand how to live in this present world. This is a roadmap for the Christian. This is the roadmap for the life of the Christian, the life of the believer. And bless God, so thankful this morning that we should follow the man that carries such a precious item as the Word of God. This is pastor appreciation. This is the day that we honor our pastor, and I do come to honor him and give glory to God for him and for his wife and for his daughter. Well, why should we follow the man with the water? Well, why should these men follow the man with water? First of all, I want you to see and consider that we follow the man with the water for God's glory. Notice that it was God that ordained this whole thing. It wasn't Peter and John. They had no idea what to do. They didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to prepare the Passover, had no idea what to do. If it hadn't been for the ordained message of the Savior to go into the city and follow the man with the water, they would have never known what to do. You know, doubt Peter and James would have sat there and twiddled their thumbs. They would have looked at one another. They wouldn't know what to do. But thank God Jesus told them, ordained them, sent them to follow the man with the water. (laughs) I want you to see this man with the water is the bond servant. He is the bond servant, bless God. He's dedicated, surrendered to his master. That's what a bond servant is. You know, I heard what you said a while ago, you, you men, you brothers that honored your pastor. And I agree with you, man. He is a bond servant to God. He is, he is a man that's dedicated, surrendered to his master. He lives to please God alone. Here's the bond servant. Unusual as he may be. (laughs) And we are unusual people. We are the most unusual people on the face of the earth. You want to see some weird folk? Watch a pastor. He's a weird dude. (laughs) We're weird people. We're unusual people. We're strange people. But so are you. We're all peculiar people. Special possession of Almighty God. We've been marked for eternity, marked for heaven, marked for destiny, marked for eternity in the presence of Almighty God. Well, we've been marked to separated from the world, separated from the things around us. We don't talk the same as the world. We don't walk the same as the world. We don't live the same as the world. We don't behave the same as the world. That's who we are. Amen. Bless God and the bond servant. But he is the height of that. See, I want you to know that here's God, Jesus, sending these men, ordaining, orchestrating, (laughs) orchestrating everything that takes place. And in part of God's ordained will and mission for these men is that they go and find the man with the water. Notice that the man in the water meets them. It's not that they know where to go to get to the water. They don't know how to get to the man with the water. The man with the water has to meet them. So I want you to understand that here's this bondservant, this man dedicated and surrendered to his master, living only to please his master. He will be their guide. And everything that takes place, brethren, in this scripture and for us as they follow the man with the water is ordained of God, orchestrated by God, and bless God for God's glory. As we follow God's man, as you follow the word of God and live out the word of God as it's preached and taught in this blessed place called Reedy Branch, you, bless God, are doing the very thing that God has ordained for the church to do. Oh, thank God we're doing it today. Aren't you glad you're doing that today? 
You know, I'll tell you something. I've been at Reedy Branch a few times. I don't, can I brag on Reedy Branch a little while? I'll tell you something. It's the due to this, this man and his wife and his daughter and you following God's man with the water. This church it used to be as quiet. You could hardly ever hear a worship in this place. There was a time in this place it was, it was too silent. Boy, I'm so glad that the Spirit of God moved in this place a while ago. And in the last few revivals I've been in here, boy, I've been excited to come. I've been looking forward in anticipation to come because I know that at Reedy Branch Baptist Church, there's going to be some good singing. There's going to be some good preaching. And there's going to be people that haven't lost their praise and haven't lost their hope. Bless God and still shout them out. Bless God. Oh, I'm thankful for that. See, Jesus tells these fellows to go and a man will meet you bearing a pitcher of water. He will be your guide, ordained of God, orchestrated of God to be your guide. I want you to see he is the guide. He is sovereignly appointed for this task today. Sovereignly appointed for the task. This man pairing the pitcher of water was sovereignly ordained by God to be there to bear that pitcher of water, to meet John and Peter. He is sovereignly ordained. I love what Paul says. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Oh, there's a reason that God has ordained the man to carry the water and us to follow him. That we might grow and be molded into the image of our, his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, not only that, brother, I want you to see this. He is the God and he has been ordained and orchestrated. And for the glory of God, not only is it because he is sovereignly appointed to the task, but he is divinely ordained for the moment. You notice that it's just when Peter and John walk into the city. At the exact precise moment, the man comes bearing the pitcher of water. It is divine timing. It is divine ordained timing that he should come at that time right moment at that right time and Peter and John should join him and meet him among a crowded hey it's Jerusalem it's Passover there's thousands of people in that place but God has orchestrated and ordained it that he'd meet at the right moment at the right time at the right place (laughs) I'm here persuaded totally that Reedy Branch Baptist Church is being pastored by God's man for God's moment, for God's time right now. I am absolutely persuaded that God has ordained Brother Hilton to be here at, at this blessed place called Reedy Branch. I'm absolutely persuaded that God has got Brother Hilton Woodell at Reedy Branch Baptist Church during a national worldwide pandemic. I'm absolutely persuaded that he's got Brother Hilton here at Reedy Branch right now in a nation that's divided and a church that's adjusting day by day just to make it through this mess we're living in. I believe God is ordained. I believe God has set him up just to be here for moments such as this. And you ought to give him thanks. You ought to thank God for him. 
You ought to say you love him. You ought to appreciate him because he's your man for this moment. Nobody else, just Brother Hilton Woodell, Sister Iola, and Sister Taylor. (laughs) Divinely ordained, divinely, I said divinely ordained for the moment, as Brother Mordecai said to Esther. (laughs) For who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? You know, I'm so thankful. I look around me and I'm so thankful. Uh, Burnt Swamp's done it and Reedy Branch has done it and Deep Branch has done it and other churches are doing it. Even in the midst of this chaos, even in the midst of the confusion, even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of we got the word he's aggravating things called masks, even in the midst of saying socially distant by six feet, even in the midst of washing your hands more than you've ever washed it in your life, even in the midst of worrying about this and worrying about that, God has set up men to preach his word and to teach his word and churches to follow the word of God as it's preached and taught in the midst of a pandemic. You know, I'm so thankful, Brother Brown. You have not deviated. Reedy Branch, you have not deviated from God's word during all the mess that's going on. There's some churches that have shut the door. There's some pastors that have quit preaching. There's some deacons and churches that have just said, no more. We can't keep doing all the changing. We won't do all this. Thank God your doors have never been shut. Thank God the preaching has continued. Thank God the teaching has continued. Thank God the love and compassion and mercy and grace has continued in the midst of Greedy Branch Baptist Church. Amen. See, first I want you to consider why you should follow the man with the water. First of all, because it's for God's glory. He is sovereignly appointed for the task. He is divinely ordained for the time. And I believe he is spiritually empowered for the work. (laughs) Who else can pastor 17 years, going on 17 years? I'll tell you something. I know something about pastoring. I don't know a lot, but I know something. I know if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, I couldn't do it. And I know without a doubt, without the Spirit of God's empowering Brother Hilton, Sister Iola and Sister Taylor, they couldn't do it. The sacrifices that a pastor makes, you'll never understand. You won't won't never understand it. The nights that he'll lay his pillow, his head on a pillow, weeping and praying and concerned about the church. The nights that he's out at the hospital and in homes ministering when he feels like his body can't go no further, just sacrificing his own strength and help just to go to help someone else. Well, you've got to be spiritually empowered for the work. Romans 10. How then shall we call on him in whom we have not? believed and how shall they believe in whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things you know we can't never appreciate our pastors enough down here and, and that's only right. It's only fitting because it's not, nothing that a church done to call in the first place. Yes, you voted him in. But his true appreciation, Brother Hilton, will come when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He who knows the sacrifice. He who knows the countless hours. He that knows all that you have done. 
All this, we follow the man with the water because it is ordained and orchestrated by God. We follow him, bless God. He is our God because he is sovereignly appointed for the, for the task. He is divinely ordained for the moment, the time, and he is spiritually empowered for the work. And all this for the glory of God. It is not for the glory of Brother Hilton. It's not for the glory of his family. It's not for the glory of Reedy Branch Baptist Church. But everything that we do, everything that we impart and take to do in this life is for the glory of God. It is for his glory, his ultimate glory. It is for him to hold him up and exalt him and worship him and to lift him above everybody else. It is the Apostle Paul who reminds us, let Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus have preeminence in the church. You know why you're succeeding at Reedy Branch? This dear preacher doesn't hold himself up. He holds up Jesus. You don't hold the preacher up. You hold up Jesus. And I thank God for people like you. I'm glad that we've got people like Reedy Branch Baptist Church, church family in America today. You know what this world would be like without you in it? Well, the world's about to find out. Won't be long. Won't be long. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping things up. Why should we follow him, bless God? First of all, we should follow him because it's, we follow for God's glory. Last but not least, we follow him because it's for our good. I want you to notice Peter and John here. Notice them as they meet this man bearing the pitcher of water. Peter and John are directed by the Lord. They have no idea what to do, where to go. What next step to take? It is sovereignly, providentially ordained by God that Peter and John go into the city. And sovereignly and providentially ordained by Almighty God that the man bearing the pitcher of water would meet them in the city. (laughs) See, Peter and John were directed by the Lord and it was starting to teach these men how to depend upon the providential care of God. For just in a little while, they would not have him with them. In a little while, he would not be right there to hold their hands and to speak to them day by day as they had been used to. And they had to begin to to rely upon the providential care and hand and goodness of God Almighty. Today, we've been waiting for Jesus for over 2,000 years. In our own personal life, some of us have been saved 30 years, some 40, some 50, some three days, some three weeks. But we've been waiting. We've never seen him, not once, but we're waiting for him. We're looking forward to him. We anticipate him coming. While we wait, we have to depend upon the providential care of Almighty God. That this God that loves us and called us and saved us is going to take care of us. He's going to protect us and watch over us and guide us and direct us and be there in the midnight hour. No matter what we face. These men had to learn to depend upon the providential care of Almighty God. They must learn that, and we have to learn it today. See, water makes us think, and this man bearing the picture of water, they're going to follow him for their good. It makes us think of purification and refreshment. I can't even tell you how many times I've walked into the house of God not feeling good physically. And I know many of you are in here today. Some of you might have walked into this place this morning and you just didn't feel good physically. Might have had a headache or a backache, toothache. Might have had trouble walking in this house. And you you might have even thought, maybe today I'll just watch it on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. But you came anyway. 
And because you came, since you've come, you've got to hear some of God's singing his word, some of God's teaching of his word, some of God's exhortation from his servants and, and some of preaching from this man's servant. And as you've gotten here, you've gotten better because of it. Why? Because the word of God in itself is a purification uh, tool, is a, a refreshing tool. It, it gives life, it gives energy, it gives freshness to the people of God. I can guarantee you why Reedy Branch Baptist Church has such a rich history is you've always had good sound doctrine in this place. Amen. He followed the water. It makes, uh, makes us think of purification and uh, refreshment. Oh, I think about what Jesus told that woman in John chapter 4, verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of this water shall I give unto him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. (laughs) I think what Jesus said to those disciples in in John 6 and 67, where where he, uh, John 6 and 67, where, where he says, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. We follow the man with the water before it goes it's for our own good. You may not have any idea what God's word's doing to you every day. But as you hear it, as you get under it and follow the man with the water, it refreshes you and helps you. I remember reading a story years ago, Brother Hilton, about a boy, a young convert. He'd just gotten saved, of course, young convert. His pastor had told him to start reading the Bible. He said, read it every day. Told him where to read, and he started reading it. First two, three days, he kept reading it, and come back to the pastor about that Wednesday or Thursday, and said, Pastor, I, I'm reading it, and I, I, it's doing me no good. I don't, I'm not getting anything out of it. He said, Son, go and read it again. Came back, and about three days later, after church, and said, Pastor, I'm still reading. I'm getting nothing out of it. It's not benefiting me anything at all. He said, Come back tomorrow morning, son. I want to help you. Next morning, a young man comes to the church, and the pastor tells him, he said, you see them old baskets down there? Yeah, pastor, that, that, that nasty basket right there? He said, yeah, it's been there a long time. I noticed it. He said, go take it down there to the stream outside, and I want you to bring me back a full of water. The young boy went down to the stream. Of course, it was a straw basket. He dipped that straw basket in the water, and of course, you know what happened? The water ran out. Run, hurry back. He said, Pastor, I can't get it. This is useless. He said, go down there again. Done it the second time. Done it the third time. About the third time he comes back and he says to the, the young man says to the pastor, he said, Pastor, this is useless. The pastor turns to the young boy and says, Son, do you remember what that basket looked like when you first picked it up? It was dirty and dingy and nasty. He said, look at it now. It's clean, spotless. You may not think the word of God's helping you every day, but it's refreshing you. It's purifying you. It's making you holy, making you ready, making you look more like Jesus every day. (laughs) 
The water represents the purification and refreshment of God's word. Now, last but not least, notice that we follow him for our good. Look, notice what the word, he, Jesus says, when you see him, when, he, when you see this man bearing the pitcher of water, follow him. Follow him. That's an interesting Greek word there. It literally leads to the thought of emphasizing the need to be in, in step with him, to walk in the same path as he walks. The traveling alongside the bondservant. Literally, these men were to listen to Jesus Christ and follow the man with the water. Follow him step by step alongside the bondservant as the bondservant labors. What a picture of the church and the pastor. What a picture of our churches today if we would just follow the man with the water. 1 Peter 5, 23 says this, or 5, 2, and 3 says this. Feed the flock of God, Peter says to the church, the pastors. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but examples to the flock. Following the man with the water, the instructions that Jesus gives to Peter and James are the same that he gives to you and I today. Call a man that you can follow, and you have. Call a man that lives the life by example, and you have. And then follow him step by step as God leads him, follow him. And I guarantee it will be for your good. We follow the man with the water that God has ordained to carry the water. That God has orchestrated and set apart for the task. That God has called and ordained and supernaturally empowered for the work. That God is wonderfully equipped for the moment. We follow him not just for God's glory but for our good. God has ordained it. God has set it up. God has orchestrated it. God has made it such as it is. And we, as God's people, are to follow, walking alongside, step by step with the bondservant. He is to be the example we are to follow. Uh, I, the Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? We agree with our pastor. We love our pastor. And we walk with him hand in hand, step by step, because it's for our good and for God's glory. See, if we'll follow him, we'll reach where God wants us to be. Notice that the whole point of the man with the pitcher of water was to be their God to lead them to the place of the Passover. This place, this upper room. When I was doing my study and I, I never realized it, but the upper room was the best room. <laughs> As we follow the man with the water, we'll go to the best places in this life. Amen. As we follow the man with the water, bless God, not only will it's the best place, but the upper room in that day had, was the only one that had the private access to it. Special, privileged place. I want you to see also that upper room where, where it's good for us to follow the man with the water, the upper room is the appointed place. It is where God wants us to go all along. It's where God intended for us to be all along. And, and we could only get there as we follow the man with the water. Not only is it an appointed place, my brothers and sisters, but it is a prepared place. A prepared place for prepared people. 
And you can only get there, my brothers and sisters, by following the man with the water. You've got to follow the man with the water to get to the appointed place, the prepared place, and be a prepared people to get there. What's there when you get there? If you keep on reading in this book, you keep on reading in this chapter, you find out this place that's appointed, this place that's prepared becomes a place of communion. It becomes a place of great fellowship. It becomes a place of great intimacy with God. I'll tell you, as we follow the man with the water, he will lead us to that place of communion with Almighty God. He will lead us to that place of fellowship with Almighty God. He will lead us to that place of intimacy. John and Peter never, and the rest of those disciples, never, never had a more intimate moment with Jesus than they had in the following times after they followed the man with the water. In that upper room, Jesus poured out his heart. In that upper room, he showed them everything that their blinded eyes had not seen. In that upper room, there was an intimacy and a closeness that they had never had prior to that moment. In that upper room, bless God, they found out God's eternal plan. And they may not have could see it all right then, but they had a better understanding than they ever had. And they left that upper room and they saw a Jesus that they had never seen in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they experienced an intimacy that, that nobody could ever imagine you could experience. Do you want to be close with God? Do you want to have a close walk with God? Do you want to have such a walk with God that when you just think of something, there he is. When you see something, you think of him. The word of God just dwells in you and flows in you like a river of water welling up in your soul, welling up in your eyes, welling up in your heart. Do you want to have an intimacy with God? If you do, Rudy Branch, you that on YouTube, you that on Facebook, you that are watching me today, if you really want to have a life of intimacy, God has set things up. God has ordained the way it ought to be. God has orchestrated it all. And in his beautiful dynamic called the church, he set up God's people to follow one man on this place, in this place. And that is the man with the water. As we follow the man with the water, we'll come to the place God appointed us to be. And we'll become the people. That's right, Brother Tyler. We'll become the people that God wants us to be. I want you to know this morning, it is a beautiful dynamic that God has set up. You know, I thank God that God is the one that thought about it all. Because if man would have tried, he'd have messed up. You know, if Jesus would have backed away and said, guys, develop it like you think. <laughs> what a mess we'd be in today. But it was God who ordained it and orchestrated it and gathered it together. You ever thought about how beautiful this is, this place is? Have you ever thought about how beautiful this dynamic of God's people coming together to worship him in a single place? How beautiful that is? Have you ever stepped back and just thanked God? And notice what kind of things happen, take place where God's orchestrated people are doing what God orchestrated them to do. Following the orchestrated leader of the church. There's no other place on the face of the earth like the local church. If you're here today and you don't know this man named Jesus, today's the day to know him. 
This dear pastor has been here almost 17 years, and I know he's had times in this church where people walk that aisle. No greater, richer moment for a pastor is when someone gives their heart to Jesus. Another rich moment in a pastor's life is when somebody that's fallen away and drifted away from God comes back home. You may be here today. You may have drifted away from God. Did you know that just as God orchestrated the church, God has orchestrated you to be here today? God has ordained you, dear unsaved man and woman, boy and girl, to be here this morning. God has orchestrated and ordained you, backslidden believer, to be right here today. He said, no, preacher, I just came for the pastor's appreciation. That's all I came for. You're wrong. You came because God ordained you to be here. The very thought of this same group of people being in this place again at this time. Think about it. The odds of it ever happening again, this same group in this place, the odds are greatly against it. So why are you here? You're here because God has orchestrated and ordained you to be here. If you're here lost this morning, God has orchestrated and ordained for you to be here that you might be saved. I invite you this morning. They're going to come. They're going to sing a song or play a piano. They'll sing a song of invitation, maybe. I invite you this morning. Follow the man with the water. This morning, I happen to be the man with the water. Not as talented or as gifted as your pastor. But I am the man with the water. And today, I tell you this morning, God has ordained for you to be here. He loves you. He's loved you before you even were born, and he loves you for everything and anything that you've ever done. It doesn't matter what you've done. God still loves you. That's the truth. Billy Graham used to say it this way. If you don't hear anything else I say to you this night, this morning, hear this. God loves you. And that's true, brother. If you're here today and you're lost, I invite you to come. I'm going to ask Brother Hilton, come. Stand at this, ahead of this roster, at this prayer bench. If you're here today and you want to be saved, you come. If you're here today and you're backslidden out of fellowship with God, you come. Let this dear man of God pray with you today.